Welcome to Moving Panels. Let's have a nerdy conversation. And it's right here at the beginning of the Christmas season. And this is the first of our Christmas-themed episodes here. And I'm going to talk about Santa in the comics, specifically Santa in Marvel Comics. Uh, Santa's first appearance in DC was actually in Superman's Christmas Adventure in 1940, which I covered in an episode a couple of years ago for Christmas. Uh, so go back and check that out. That was a fun one to do because uh, I had never read that comic before, um, just like the ones I'm going to talk about today. Now, Santa did appear in comic strips as far back as 1915, uh, again, then DC Comics in 1940. But today we're going to talk about his appearance in Marvel Comics. Uh, there's a lot that I've seen online of people talking about Santa being a mutant and all. We might get into that another year. But today we're going to talk about just his early appearances and when he quote unquote officially became a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it all starts in his first appearance for Marvel in Strange Tales number 34 from November of 1954. Now, this was uh, one of those comics where it was a bunch of different stories being told. And this one was a story titled Moment of Glory. And the way the Moment of Glory story plays out is you've got this engineer who's highly intelligent. He's just never found his quote unquote moment of glory. And so he's become this gas station agent, uh, a gas station attendant, I guess I should say. Then this customer, mysterious customer, leaves him the keys to his car. Uh, apparently they were very trusting back in the 50s. And he decides to go on a little joyride, Ferris Bueller style. Uh, he finds a fancy suit uh, inside the car that just happens to fit him perfectly. And he goes back to places from when he was in high school, uh, when he was still a student. And goes back to all these people who had made fun of him, who had ridiculed him, who said he would never amount to anything, only to find that they might have things worse off than he does. Their, their lives didn't turn out the way he thought they would because they were so popular and so successful. Um, so it's kind of like a, almost like a, it's a wonderful life type, type story in a way. Uh, it would probably be the best I could do it. He ends up going to a fancy club. He meets a woman. He ends up in the conversation. He's overheard by this man who offers him a job doing the engineering stuff that he's really good at and went to school for. And then, of course, it's revealed that at the end, it's Christmas Day. And why he's working, I don't know. But it's Christmas Day, and the driver comes back to get his car. And would you know... The driver was Santa Claus. And so Santa Claus is seen in the final frame of this story, uh, driving away in his car. And that was the first time Santa Claus was seen in a Marvel magazine, in a Marvel comic. Strange Tales number 34 from November of 1954. There you go. That was it. Not really as exciting as Superman's Christmas Adventure from DC. So I looked to see what was his next appearance. And his next appearance happened actually the same year in a comic called Journey into Unknown Worlds, uh, also number 34, uh, from December of 1954. And again, this is another one of those magazines that had like four or five individual stories. And this story was one called The Lady Who Believed. 
and it opens up at a mall and a bunch of kids are in line to see Santa. And this older woman walks up and Santa says, well, you know, where's your child? She goes, well, no, it, it, I'm here for me. I just wanted to let you know you don't have to stop by my house this year. And you find out she's overheard by a couple of thieves, some, um, you know, Marv and, and Harry from uh, <laughs> Home Alone. They overhear and they go, oh, this this old lady believes still believes in Santa Claus. And I'm sure she's loaded and she's, you know, so gullible and, and all. So this is going to be a perfect score. So these two guys decide they're going to dress up as Santa and they break into her house. And they think, you know, if they see her, they're Santa Claus. That's all that's going to matter. But after the guy breaks into her house, he runs into the actual Santa Claus, the real life Santa Claus, who he thinks is just another thief who overheard the woman. And so they actually get into a fight and Santa takes him down. The police show up. The other guy say, well, if you're going to catch me, you got to catch the, the other guy. And they go, what other guy? And the woman realizes it must have been actually Santa. And the the thief even goes, look, there he goes. I see him getting away and he's flying off in a sleigh. And, uh, and, and there you go. And that was Santa's second appearance just a month later in Marvel Comics. Uh, it would be the following year that he would appear again in yet another anthology style magazine called Strange Tales of the Unusual, number two, in October of 1955. This was a story called uh, The Man Without a Heart. And this was a Christmas Carol type story. Uh, you had this uh, man that was kind of a Scrooge character. Uh, he is foreclosing on this guy's grocery store that he he ha he owes him money and he's got to owe him by Christmas Day. He fires this assistant for costing him like $9 in the in his books. Um, so kind of the Bob Cratchit type character. And he's just, I mean, he's he's a Scrooge. That's ultimately what it is. There's even a line in the comic where he talks about, I can't believe they use Christmas as an excuse to not, you know, follow through with their payments. Uh, whatever. Uh, but instead of being visited by spirits, this man is visited by Santa Claus. Uh, he doesn't originally look like Santa. He just looks like um, an old man who just appears in his house uh, and he he sends him away. Santa tells him, you know, you, you better uh, you better be better. You better be good uh, for goodness sake. And he visited him three times, uh, just like in Christmas Carol, he visited him three times. And then the on Christmas morning. After Santa has woken him up way too early and caused him to tumble down the stairs, he says, well, I'll just get my day started. And then he realizes he can't get into his office because the guy he fired, the Bob Cratchit-like character, uh, has the keys. So he goes to the man's house. What's funny is it says like an hour later. So the guy walked an hour to his house. But that's beside the point. And the... And then he just walks into his house. He gets he's gotten mad at Santa, who he just thinks is this crazy old man for entering his house. But then he just walks into this former employee's house and he sees them sitting there and they're happy. And uh, the wife says, well, you know, we have we may not have a job anymore, but we have each other. And the little boy of the fired employee even offers him his one gift that he received which 
just makes this man man's heart melt and he can't hold back the tears and he, he says you know what you've got your job back and a raise um and there wasn't a lot of build up to that it just that just happens that was it then santa comes out and he goes i told you you know you were you were just a man who lost his heart it's not that you didn't have one you just lost it but now you have found it ho 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 merry christmas uh, and that was that one so that was a fun one but none of these really made me think santa had entered the mcu not the mcu but the marvel universe uh that he's actually a part of what we know as Marvel. Yes, these were Marvel comics, but they were these little independent little stories. They didn't have any of the characters that we are familiar with until December of 1979. In December of 1979, Santa Claus appeared in Howard the Duck number three. Of course he did. Uh, and this would be what I think is his first actual introduction into Marvel comics. I will go ahead and say that as with many Howard the Duck stories, this is a doozy. It's going to be really hard for me to kind of summarize this without just completely losing you. Of course, I am going to spoil the story, but you can go out and find it, read it for yourself. Uh, maybe find a, a synopsis that's a little bit more detailed than what I'm going to give you here. I, I don't want to keep you for too long with this being a one shot. And uh, I know you got some Christmas stuff to do. So this is how it, it turns out. So Howard... Uh, and this girl named Carol, who has gotten upset about Christmas and says she hates Christmas and she hates her dad. And she runs out of Howard's apartment and Howard goes after her and they're talking. And while they're talking, Santa crash lands right next to them. You know, because comics had to happen. Howard actually thinks the guy's a fake because he's wearing a fake beard, uh, which they later explain is just because Santa decided to trim his beard, but he still wanted to look like Santa on Christmas, so he wears a fake beard. It was a really stupid little bit, but there you go. I mean, he was in a flying sleigh with reindeer and everything, and Howard still thought he was uh, a fake. But it turned out that Santa's sleigh actually runs on gas. <laughs> Santa apparently had a problem with the uh, uh, the animal rights people, and so the sleigh had to be uh, powered on its own and not through the the labor of the reindeer. So it was a gas powered sleigh, uh, but it ran ran out uh, ran out of gas. It went on empty, and when that's what caused him to crash. So Howard does what he can to help and fills him up, and he says, "Hey, Santa, can you help me with this uh, girl, Carol?" Uh, even though, again, Howard thinks this guy's a fake. Uh, he says, can you help me with this girl, Carol? I just need to get her in Christmas spirit. And Santa says, sure, let's take a ride. And they take off in the sleigh. Howard's still thinking this guy's a fake for some reason. And they end up at the North Pole. Now, once they're at the North Pole, Mrs. Claus and a few of the elves tell Santa that the workshop has been taken over by one of his own helpers named Pinball. And that was actually pinball lizard but they explain later about how he was just a guy named pinball uh and then he was later turned into a lizard character but i'll get to that in a moment and he has an army of trolls which are mutated elves that joined his side and it turns out that they had purposefully not filled up santa's tank uh so that he you know would crash and they want they could take over 
Uh, he later also blows up Santa Slay, which uh, I think you're supposed to assume kills the reindeer. Um, oh, yeah. There's also a nuclear power plant at the North Pole. They don't explain it great in a great way, but it's pretty much Santa needed a way to get the gasoline and the power that he need. He was talked into a nuclear power plant. I don't get it. But Pinball's plan was to cause it to have a meltdown, which would absorb through the Earth's core all the way through the center of the Earth to Antarctica, where it would blow out the other side, destroying the world. Why? I don't know. Of course, it turns out there's a, another villain behind all of this named Killer Watt, which is this giant light bulb dude uh, who you find out was a, a man who worked in a nuclear power plant and because of the radiation he was exposed to, it mutated him into a giant light bulb. You know, because comics. Uh... <laughs> And so, again, I don't know why they wanted to really destroy the world. Just this payback is what it was. I don't know. But anyway, Santa, Howard the Duck, Carol, a few elves, and a local tribe, uh, they fight uh, his army of mutated seals and polar bears and penguins and whales and, again, the the elf trolls. Uh, Then there's an elf named Sunquist who has been with... Santa since the crash. This is little gnome-looking elf named uh, Sunquist. Uh, he actually shoots Killer Watt in the head, shattering the bulb part. Because again, comics. And somehow that causes Killer Watt, uh, or not Killer Watt, it causes Pinball to turn back into a man, which also turns all of the and also all of the trolls turn back into elves all of the animals turn back into the regular animals it doesn't really i don't know if they're so much defeated or if after that just happens they just give up but you know battle over uh santa even says i'm going to shut down the power plant i'm going to use organic fuels uh which sunquist apparently had been telling him to do for years uh sunquist then turns a dog sled uh, you know, the one like you stand on. Uh, it turns it into Santa's new sleigh. And the dogs are now going to fly. Uh, so even more implying that the reindeer are dead. So Santa returns Howard and Carol back to Howard's apartment uh, where they come down the chimney. And Carol apologizes to her dad for all the things she said and the way she acted. And hating Christmas. And uh, then... It ends with Howard looking out and seeing Santa standing on the, the dog sled with the dogs barking as they go off. And he goes, Merry Christmas to all. Um, and that was it. That's Santa officially in the Marvel Universe. Now, I'm very interested to see what else. Uh, I know they've gone back and kind of retconned Santa into a few other things. They kind of introduce him in timeline wise a little bit earlier than this. I know he has a run in with Adolf Hitler at some point. <laughs> Then there's the mutant stuff that has become a, a big thing in the comics with Santa actually being a mutant. But we'll get into that some other time. But I'll kind of wrap things up for now. Leave this as it is. That was Santa's introduction into Marvel Comics. Tune in next week as Bethany joins me as we talk about a Christmas episode of uh, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman television show from the 90s. That's going to be fun. Go out there, get your holiday spirit going, find you 
those presents that you need, uh, the concerts that you're going to go to uh, for kids and nieces and nephews and all that jazz. Enjoy it all. <laughs> Have a happy holiday. And for Moving Panels, I'm Laramie Wells, and I'll see you on the other side of the page. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s flick flashback podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. <sighs> what seems to be the problem, pal? There's just so much pain in the world, so many issues. I don't think I can bear it. Well, friendo, it sounds like you could use a dose of pop culture roulette. Pop culture roulette? What's that? Some sort of pop culture themed podcast or something? That's right, sonny boy. When hope seems far, dive into some PCR. But I already get my entertainment news from Variety. Huh, that's pretty good. If you're a chucklehead, PCR gives you news you need, condensed, unfiltered, and raw, from three nerds who know a little something about something. Wow, okay, sign me up. That's the spirit. Pop Culture Roulette. New episodes every Monday, available on all major podcast directories.